y'all. Welcome back to the Mountain Man Podcast. Summer's coming to an end. Hunting season's back. And I'm back too. My wife and I started the year with uh, our third edition of the family, which took up a lot of my time this spring and summer in a very good way. Uh, my current job actually gave me about three months off, um, which is awesome as a dad to even have that ability. Uh, then, you know, I kind of double cashed in. We've got two kids that are also young. They're still at home, not in school or anything. So we were able to get some really solid quality time where I was off work. My wife was off work. All of our kids were home. I can't exaggerate how awesome that was for me, my mental health, our family. uh, Just great. Uh, Really the mountain man dream right there, right? So, of course, during that time off, I got to spend a lot of time outside I know I haven't talked about it much, but we went out, got our got my garden started. Uh, I had a very bad year garden wise. Can't even can't even bullshit. It was terrible. Yield was very bad. Usually, when you plant three to four zucchini plants um, and three to four squash plants, you end up with so much squash, zucchini counts cucurboids, whatever, that family, squash, zucchini, technically pumpkins, cucumbers, and the like also fall under that. But anyway, you end up with so much squash, you don't, you give it away. Some people settle on the side of the road with a, you know, an honesty box around here. Let me <clears throat> sidetrack. So a lot of farms in my area, uh, and you guys let me know if it's like this around the country or wherever you're from, but around here, uh, people will put kind of a stand or a cart out in front of their home and they'll put up all their, all their haul from, from a garden. I'm talking tomatoes, usually a ton of tomatoes because people always have too much tomatoes, squash and zucchini because people always have too much, but everything, they got everything out there when pumpkins get going, you know, this time of year they have pumpkins like all sizes and they have a little box. It's called an honesty box and you put in the cash that you think you should. And it's kind of on an honor system. I guess it's not an honesty box. It's an honor box. I don't know why I was calling it honesty. An honor box. It's an honor system where I show up, I get a couple pieces of squash, some zucchini, whatever, and put some cash in the box. And typically I put more than what I think it's worth just because that's how I am. And I'm not, yeah. I don't like when people talk about things they do. <laughs> I'm not like that, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, you know, you shouldn't be shorting people. It is an honor system, but Hey, maybe I'm covering the gap for some people that don't. Anyway, a lot of people were just out here offloading their squash, right? Well, here I was with a garden that I planted that I spent months prepping, uh, shopping at some local honor stands because I couldn't even produce my own. I think I got five or six zucchini the whole fucking year. Uh, I should have been getting five to six a week. I don't know. I don't know. All my pumpkin plants, they were looking great. They all died. Watermelon was hanging in there as much as it could, but here we are almost October, and I don't really have any that I can pull off the vine. It was overall just a very shitty year in the garden. Weeds took over like crazy after a while, and after a while I just said, you know what, I give up. The amount of weeding and love and watering and fertilizing that I'm doing is not producing anywhere near enough <laughs> to be worth the effort. So I finally just let the garden go. Um, I, I gave up. 
it's all overgrown now. I'll tear down the whole thing this fall and try to think of what I want to do next year. I mean, the reality is the soil around here where we live sucks. Um, we're kind of like on the side of a ridge, so uh, real rocky, um, not really rich. You know, all the good soil is probably all the way down at the bottom of the hill, right? Everything kind of gets washed where we are and, and, and taken down. It's not good stuff. It's, it's really not. So I bought some topsoil from the area, you know, that I assumed would be good stuff. Whole dump truck load of it, man. And it, I, I used it. I don't know. Maybe I didn't use enough. I have plenty of dirt left. Grew some other stuff in pots, in grow bags of these little fabric things. And that was very successful. Those, those did okay. So, I don't know. I think it could be somewhat of my ground. Maybe my ground has... Um, some type of toxicity, uh, you know, maybe there's something in there that I need to deal with and I'll research and figure that out this off season, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it just wasn't a good garden. So I didn't have anything to talk about garden wise. So I didn't make any episodes of this because that was annoying. And typically when it's spring and summertime, the mountain man podcast would be focused on the garden, right? And it was, it was shit. All my fruit trees, not a single piece of fruit this year. We got wild blackberries around here, and I was able to harvest a good bit of wild blackberries, but even those weren't yielding like they should. So there must be some type of anthrax or death substance in my soil that's just killing everything. So I don't know, maybe eventually it'll leak into the well and, and kill me too. I guess we'll find out, right? Uh, maybe that public utility water ain't so bad. <clears throat> Actually, don't get me started on my well. That's another thing I had to deal with this summer. So I've talked about it before. We've had our well pump go out. The guy that put our well in, it's a really shitty well, right? So uh, to if it really explains it at all, the guy that put in the well is no longer in business. You can't find him, contact him. This man ran away. He, he committed his crimes and ran away without answering for him. Uh, he put my well in and there's a mud stream in there that he didn't blow out. Um, <laughs> stop laughing. Not you, me. That was a, that was an internal monologue. Anyway, so this dude didn't get into the mud stream, into this well, into this deep hole and blow it out like he was supposed to. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Anyway, blowing out a well is where you uh, run into a mud stream, and a mud stream is like just a uh, a section where it's kind of like ground. It's like a creek underground, right? It's not like the actual source of the groundwater that the well's tapping into. And hey, if there's a drilling expert that's out there, and I'm telling this wrong, sorry, not my career path. It's yours. You're welcome to come on here as an analyst and explain it. But anyway, it's like this area for me it's three feet deep where it can just be like muddy water just kind of running from left to right right across the well well no pun intended uh anyways it will like block the well off to where no more water can get down to where my pump is i don't i don't really understand it but it also gets a shit ton of mud in our water whenever anything goes on like crazy storms or whatever it may be um, it sounds crazy, but think of like, there's a cave somewhere around the mountains where I am 
that rainwater and runoff can get into and get underground. And then that is then going under my yard about 250 some feet deep. Really crazy, really cool stuff. But regardless, it makes my water really dirty. So I try changing my filters. You guys see it documented on my Twitter at Booty Banjo all the time. I'm under the house. I'm getting muddy. I'm getting dirty. Like our whole system down there is just a nightmare, right? Well, I was down there at one point changing filters this summer. And when I was like, everything was fine. I changed the filters, put them back on the, the filtration system. It should be bolted to the wall if we're being honest, but the guy who put it in, he didn't bolt it to the wall. And he kind of set it up on a stump. The filter is like sitting on a stump. And that's kind of holding this whole network of PVC in place, right? <sighs> well, finally, the stress of it not being the right angles and kind of aiming water at one point of PVC in a pressurized system repeatedly finally snapped. And it didn't just snap the pipe. It snapped the fucking valve. I had a shutoff valve going into one of the filters and I guess when I like turned it back on or something, I didn't do it gradually enough. And the pressure made this this brass, copper, whatever material it is, valve literally snap. Snap. It was crazy. Like I, I sent to all my plumber buddies, a couple homies out there on Twitter that really helped me out. Shout out to y'all, by the way. Uh, like I, I <laughs> nobody had ever seen it before. They're like, what the hell? So I went and got a new one. And I went down there and I did some cutting, I did some plumbing, you know, got my valve back on there. Everything was great. Turned the water back on, right? I had done it. I had done it myself. I had done it myself. Well, when I, again, no pun intended. When I turned the water back on, I think I turned it on too fast and it went further down my line into another kind of a 90 degree joint and snapped it there the piping a little a little leak so then all of a sudden our bathtub in the kids bathroom which is also the bathtub my wife takes her baths in she's a big bath over shower type of person uh it, it was like the pressure was terrible it was like you were never gonna fill up this bathtub so i go into the house and we have I don't know what you would really call it, but some type of plastic, you know, that's kind of holding all the insulation in the crawl space uh, and kind of like, you know, protecting the crawl space, protecting the, ins well, not protecting the crawl space, but really protecting the insulation from moisture and, and, and rodents and stuff. Um, it's just like this giant bubble just, just sitting there, you know, like when you, for, for my dudes out there, like you're wearing swim trunks and you're in the pool or whatever. And like you're, let's say you're floating on your back, right? And you get like an air bubble, like up in your swim trunks and it just looks like this giant ass. It's almost like the bubble on a piece of pizza. Y'all know the vibe I'm going for. It was just this massive lump. And I poke it and it's like a waterbed. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. So I pull my knife out and I cut a slit of it. <laughs> and I honestly felt like I was on set at a Riley Reed video with the amount of water that gushed into my face. It was like an explosion, um, like a geyser just in the face, complete plumbing facial all over me, uh, lost my breath. Um, really like Guantanamo Bay vibes with, with the waterboarding there. So I said, well, this is great. I just spent two weeks 
Oh, I didn't even fucking tell y'all. So the reason that I found out I had to replace that valve that snapped was because when it snapped off, my house, it was just spraying pressurized water into my crawl space. And I had five inches deep of water in my crawl space. It was like a pool. Whole thing. Very bad, right? Like that is just asking for mold and varmints and everything. So it took me like a week and a half to even pump all that stuff out. I borrowed somebody's uh, pump, and then I had a second pump. So I had two little sump pumps going, pumping. Then after that, it was like, you know, the crawl space isn't perfectly graded in flax. It's gravel, so it's got like little pockets and pools of water. I'm like, I'm never going to get all this out. So I set up a dehumidifier. Uh, I actually had to go buy one. And I go by this dehumidifier and I'm like drying out the whole crawl space. So I had just done all this. I had just finally gotten my crawl space dry again, livable, decent, right? Boom. Water explosion in the face, full of water down there again. So I'm like, you know what? I give up. There comes a time in every homeowner's life and journey where you have to decide Okay, is this worth saving the money with my own labor to continue to fuck it up catastrophically? And I decided, no, it was time to call a plumber, a real one, not, not hit up my homies for free advice and then try to do it myself, not take all my trips to Lowe's. No, it was time to get a paid professional come in here and fix the situation. So hit up a neighbor who I knew had had somebody up here. So it's going to be somebody that's familiar with our groundwater and the mud and everything. And, uh, you know, they say that we'll get in line and we'll try to get over there. Well, instead of like officially going through the, like the company, like hitting them up and they're just going to send out whoever from the schedule. Like this guy basically just got personally texted by my neighbor and he came up here. So he didn't have like any of my info or nothing. He just comes up, starts working on the house. And I'm like, cool, man. That's that's cool with me. We'll, we'll, that's foreshadowing. We'll get back to that later, guys. So he comes up here and just he gets to work. He finds all the different stuff, finds where I fixed the valve. He's checking my pressure here and there. Da, 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 da. And finally, because I had brought him up to fix the second leak, right? Well, he found way more problems. <laughs> We, we, we checked everything, you know, and we were still getting mud, still getting bad pressure. Well, it turns out the pressure tank, which if you're unfamiliar with kind of a well system or, or your house. So if you're on, if you're like on public water, your, your water system's probably already pressurized, right? Cause I got to get that water to you. Uh, you may have a pressure tank in the house. I don't know. I've only ever had a well. Um, so we have a well, right? That's a hole in the ground at the bottom of that well is water. There's a pump down there that pumps water all the way up to my house. When it comes into my house, it goes through a filtration system, which is two filters, where they try to pull out all the the dirt, the clay, all that stuff that's in the water. They try to filter it out. Sediment is is probably the general term here. And then it goes into what's called a pressure tank. A pressure tank is where all the water, it's usually, I mean, it could be 40 to 60 gallons, whatever it is, 
It's basically a, a, a reservoir of pressurized water for you to use when you go to fill the tub or in the washing machine, whenever you use water in the house. That way you're not directly pumping from the well the whole time because your well pump can only pump so fast. So basically it's like having pressurized water ready to go. Well, that tank had, I guess since the house had sat before, house had set, house had sat. I don't remember. I don't remember what the correct term is there. Whatever. Since the house had sat here before we moved in, um, the the sediment had settled in the bottom of the pressure tank. So pretty much every time we were turning it on, we were going to have mud in our water because it was in the pressure tank. So, and it, it's bad, y'all. Like, we have to clean our toilets probably more often than the average person because... Even as that water that refills the bottom of the bowl and looks clean sits, it's just the dirt eventually settles right into the bottom and it stains our toilet bowls. It's it's so frustrating. Like the I I hate it. I want a new well. <laughs> um, cause yeah, all because this guy didn't blow out the mud stream. Right, basically blow out is where you pull the. I have definitely am like fifteen minutes late explaining this, but blowing out the well. You kind of just keep pulling up the drill at that point and it like blocks off the sides so that the mud stream doesn't come through anymore and it's got to go around. Anyway, back to the plumbing. So we like replace the pressure tank. We get a brand new one. We put a whole new system on the wall. We try to keep the same filters, but we move the location so it's easier to get to. Everything's hooked up, bracketed, fix the other leak. Boom, 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 boom. We got water pressure again in the house. Except my kitchen sink. My kitchen sink still sucks. I think that might be a faucet problem. So this guy does all this work. Never like really knows my name. Sorry. I need a sip of my nice iced latte there that came from my local coffee shop. Men and I owned and operated. Let me tell you, I to live where I live, not be able to have food delivered, have to drive 10, 15 minutes to the grocery store to be able to drive about 10 minutes or less to a legitimate coffee shop that has drive through pickup and mobile ordering is just such a blessing. It's such a blessing. If you live out there and your life is convenient and you can stop and get whatever and order whatever, whenever you want, please be grateful for what you have and don't take it for granted because there are so many people that just don't have that type of access. And if they don't have a working vehicle or a network of people, it can be really hard for them to get a lot of things. That's why so many people in Appalachia are unhealthy, obese, whatever it may be in a food desert because they can only get to the Dollar General or whatever it is, and so on and so forth. So if you have access to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's or wherever it is you go, fresh produce, fresh meat. Literally, I went to the grocery store yesterday. There's no ground beef for me to available. There's no ground beef of any kind. Um, be grateful for what y'all got. Don't take it for granted because... Yeah, I'm. You have no idea how ecstatic I am that I can get a legitimate, really good, ice latte from ten minutes away. This is like the highlight of my life. Shout out to this place. So anyway, back to the plumbing again. He got me all fixed up, right? Told me that like the company would probably send me an invoice or whatever. Y'all, it's been three or four months. I haven't seen shit. I haven't heard shit. I I don't know if homie just like did it for free. If they don't know who to send it to, if they're going to bill my neighbor, I have no idea. I really don't because he actually told me a story because I was trying to ask him about the whole paying thing. Like, yeah, you can, 
Like, are y'all going to want it all within 30 days? Like, what's the pay terms? Can I finance over time? Like, I knew this wasn't something I had the cash for at this moment, right? He's like, oh, well, I went to go work with one customer out there, and I hadn't seen them in about eight years, and I asked them about the job I'd done about eight years ago, and they said, you know, we never saw a bill for that job. So, shit, I mean, they may not charge me either. I guess we're going to find out. But, yeah, so that was something I had to deal with this summer. That was kind of frustrating. So, um, but yeah, I was really focused on my garden, and that didn't go well. I mean, issues with the house. Like, it's just, <laughs> on the mountain man side of things, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a fun summer. I haven't been in the woods that much. I haven't done a lot of hunting prep. I'm trying to scramble to get together now, but, like, I really... I didn't do a lot of herd management this summer, which again, we haven't seen a lot of deer up here like we saw two years ago. Uh, I don't know. I think coyotes are running them off, y'all. I'm hearing the coyotes almost every night now. They're getting closer and closer. I've got them on camera in my yard, which is too damn close. They get together and run in circles in my neighbor's, uh, my neighbor's land all the time. It's creepy, man, because you'll hear them on one side, right? And you're like, oh, they're all over there. And then you'll hear them behind you. And they're and it's like they're circling you. I'm like, y'all motherfuckers ain't walking up in here. Y'all ain't walking home. You know what I mean? <laughs> Any coyote that wants to pull up on my house is is not leaving. Straight up. Um, and I don't mean that in a cute little they're going to be my pet type of thing. No. No. So, I don't know. I... I <laughs> I'm a little nervous about how hunting's going to go this year. As you all know, I was able to get a deer last year, break the streak, but that was down with my buddy Charlie in Southern Virginia. It was definitely not here on my land. Uh, I didn't see horns at all last year. Now, I'm not, we talked about this extensively if you go back to some recent episodes. I don't give a fuck what the deer looks like, right? I'm I'm trying to feed my family, fill my freezer. I just told y'all I went up to my local grocery store. It's over a 12-minute drive one way. And it didn't even, they don't even have ground beef. Okay. Um, I'm doing anything to fill my freezer. I don't really care if it's a four pointer, if it's an ugly spike, if it's this beautiful 12 pointer that is going to get me 300 likes on Instagram and go up on the wall and, and so on. You know what I mean? I'm just hunting, but it's not good if I don't see a buck. It's, it's not good for herd management because there's not, you know, I'm not as confident about reproduction and stuff like that. Um, We've had a, a couple fawns spotted up and down our lane this year, which does mean that we are getting some growth, some new birth, some young does, but I just, I don't see, you know, I don't see old does anymore. I don't see big does. And, and you might be listening to this and be like, well, you know, the older deer, you're not going to see them. You're not going to see them delve. Like, obviously, the, the deer that stay older, that survive, they're good about when they come out, about who sees them, about where they are. I get that. I get what you're saying. Uh, I, I would like to argue back, though, that I do live, you know, near Shenandoah National Park where you can't hunt, you can't do anything, and it's full of tourists that are leaving trash and feeding and taking pictures, and you can walk up there and pet a deer up in that park. So these deer also aren't the aren't a typical behavior either because they're a little used to people. We've got a lot of houses, you know, kind of in the area that these deer are running through. It's not just giant long stretches of woods other than the park obviously but there's a lot of people like me that have like a five acre lot a 10 acre lot with a house on it and stuff they're outside they're playing we got kids noises you know all that stuff right so they're not the most skittish of deer 
but it's just not encouraging. Um, I think a lot of it is the coyotes. I think the coyotes have run a ton of them off. There's a lot of bear around here. There's just a lot of competition to let a herd get strong. So that's real discouraging for me this year, and that's why I didn't really put too much into uh, getting ready for hunting season. I mean, I've got my two plots ready. I've got my two stands ready. Like I'm, I'm ready to spend a lot of time in the woods, enjoy that time alone, enjoy that time in prayer, just enjoying nature for what it is, and I'll be doing that. But I'm not, not getting too worked up about my, what my results are going to be. Also, I mean, I'm not worried about my my streak anymore, right? Um, I'm pretty good there, but we're going to hunt hard. Uh, we'll go down and see Charlie again. Charlie's a firefighter, and a lot of his Saturdays in November are taking up working, so it'll probably be some December hunting come that way. But up my way, we'll be, we'll be going hard all bow season. Bow season opens next weekend. I am going to miss opening day of bow season because I will be performing fatherly duties. I got all the kids by myself, so mama can go to a concert for the night. And uh, that's what dads are supposed to do. So next time you see some guy, it's like, yeah, I'm babysitting this weekend. Smack the shit out of that dude. They're his kids. That's what he's supposed to do, is be a dad and take care of his kids. There's a lot of guys out there like, oh no, it's opening day, I gotta hunt. I'm not letting my wife do anything. Uh, no way like y'all are fucking whack y'all are whack be a dad that's what you're supposed to do anyway that was a little bit of shade throwing some you can tell i got like pent up rage over that one right um so yeah i'm gonna miss opening day of bow season because i'm gonna be taking care of the little homies but uh we can have a lot of fun anyway you know that's, that's gonna be a blast probably a lot of content to come from that weekend to be honest but um, I am. So my son's four now. I'm going to take him out in the woods a couple times. I think, uh, he got himself like a little, little hunting set his last birthday. It's this little orange shotgun looking thing. I gave him a, I gave him a vest. I gave him a hat. You know, he's, he's pumped. So I think we'll go sit in the stand for probably 30 minutes, however long he lasts. Right. Uh, he, he's not really in it for the long haul yet, but I want to start that experience. I remember taking my I had a double barrel shotgun that shot caps, you know, the cap guns. When I was about four or five, I got a picture of it. It was one of the first pictures that we used when we promoted this podcast way back in the day. I'll pull it out when this episode drops. Maybe we'll make it the the, the art for this episode. But uh, yeah, it, it's just being out there, being out there with your dad and hearing the woods and seeing the things and knowing what's going on. I mean, he's going to talk. We're not going to see a deer, right? We're definitely not going to shoot anything, but it's getting it started for him and, and seeing if he really does have the love for it that he thinks he does. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be the parent that forces my kids to to do anything, to play any sports, to have any hobbies. Like, I'm going to let everyone kind of do what they want to do. Um, and, and I think that's just how it's going to be. So we'll get him out in the woods, at least for the experience, and I think that'll be nice. Then this year, I'm also thinking of going to the cabin to hunt. Uh, same cabin where a cabin weekend is in the summer. Uh, the thing is, uh, Dad usually hunts down there at the same time, obviously. That's how I even can get to that cabin. And some of y'all know that I don't talk to my dad at all. We're going up on about, uh, I think, three years now. So... 
I don't know, may break the streak to go do some good hunting, because I'll tell y'all what, when I was down there for cabin weekend, it was a herd out in that field. I'm talking 30 to 40 deep, and in my lifetime, I have never seen the deer like that down there. Now, I know back in the heyday, I hear the stories, I see the pictures on the wall, it was like that, but I've never seen it like that. It's been tough to hunt down there. They're everywhere, they're on camera, they're all over the place, so it's tempting, you know, it's tempting it's tempting to put my little Appalachian blood feud aside and go down there and get some solid hunting in. At the same time, knowing the type of person my dad is, he'd probably sit and pretend like ain't nothing happened. Probably still wouldn't talk to me much, and I would just talk to everybody else that's there and go on about my business. So stay tuned, cause this fall we're gonna we're gonna see if the desire to hunt crosses the desire to maintain good mental health. <laughs> How much do I really love hunting? Find out. No, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But the cabin, yeah, the cabin was awesome this summer. Uh, the river was so clear. The water was so clear. You could see all the way down the bottom. Um, usually, sometimes it's real leafy or got a little bit of a film on top. It was clear. It was just the clearest, most beautiful, crispiest, cold, lovely mountain water. We we fished and we fished and we fished the dogs they swam so much i couldn't even keep them out of the water um i actually caught the biggest fish that i've ever caught there i'm sure by a lot of standards it's not a giant fish and that's cool you know i'm not i don't get to fish a lot anyway but for where we were for that little river it was a big old small mouth i'd never seen one that big it came jumping out of the water and we all lost it it was really cool usually you catch little little bluegill and stuff that isn't even the size of like the palm of your hand and I don't mean like from like the bottom to the fingertip I mean like where there's no fingers like just that little part of the hand like fish like the size of a deck of cards that's usual but no nah, I got me a big old small mount this year that had me pretty excited it was a good time well y'all it's been about 30 minutes moving forward I'm gonna try to not do hour long and hour and a half long episodes I know some people like those but uh, I think I'll be able to get out a few more episodes in just a sparse few if I trim them short. I got more stories to tell, and we'll have a few more episodes after this one. And then we've got a hunting season to get through together. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you keeping up with this podcast as it constantly goes through a lot of changes. I appreciate you supporting both my personal brand and Shenandoah Shine. Go check them out. If you haven't, other than that, I'll holler at y'all later.